Well, the Sharks run into a hot and wild, definitely not mild, Minnesota team tonight. And, uh, well, they kept it. They got it interesting in the third, but uh, <laughs> the end result went to Minnesota. We'll talk about this game. We'll talk about black jerseys. We'll talk about a, a former Shark going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Maybe a Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's talk right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is December 9th, 2021. The Sharks lose to the Minnesota Wild 5-2. to And we welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every game. So if you want to be part of the show, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Also, don't forget your SoundCloud, Reddit, and Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Good evening, everyone. Alongside Ian Reed, I am Eric Ray. Ian, eh, not not the best game for the Sharks this evening. No, um, I think if you look at this team, this is a team that's kind of got itself into trouble in its last two and one game it turned around and they were able to figure it out and and they were able to win the game and this one they weren't um i don't know it's i'm i'm incredibly like i'm not mad at this game and i'm not but i'm not happy with it either it, it's more than a meh game it's more like a uh, game you know like i'm whelmed I'm not underwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. <laughs> put, let's put that in quotes. I'm just whelmed. Yeah, Reed. just whelmed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like the Minnesota Wild were coming into this game winners of seven in a row. Uh, that that doesn't help things, but the Sharks had a victory the other night beating the Flames, you know, Pacific Division leading Flames. Uh, on Tuesday night, so we get into this early on. Uh, I I thought Minnesota dictated the play uh, a yeah. bit, uh, and and unfortunately the Sharks had some penalty troubles uh, in this one. Despite you know John Merrill taking a penalty a minute forty seven in, Sharks couldn't do anything on the power play. But unfortunately for Jake Middleton, this was a tough night uh, for him as he takes his first of three. Uh, you know, penalties on the night. But that was in the second period. The first period is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, there we go. Go, uh, Kevin Fiala with the uh, with a bang home rebound. There, uh, he makes it one nothing on his fourth of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, the Wild came out to play. Um, I think they showed why they are on the run that they're on. I mean, they're they're a good team. Uh, they're a surprisingly good team this year, especially. Uh, leading the central, which I don't think <laughs> I saw coming before before the season started. Like I thought the central was going to be kind of a gauntlet, but I didn't expect to see the wild up front. But they've been really, really good of late, and uh, I think they showed that through most of this game, where I thought they dictated the the, the play and dictated the pace of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean they, you know, 
they took it to the Sharks tonight, and uh, that's where it started for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, Minnesota seemed like, like I said, they tended to have the first period easily. I mean, yeah, Fiala gets that goal to make it one nothing, but I thought the Sharks started to turn it on a little bit at the end there. Uh, you know, getting the last five shots. I mean, they were getting manhandled big time, but they were able to get the last five shots. Plus, throw in uh, Kevin LeBanks' post shot, which would have changed a lot of things for sure. Uh, let's talk about Kevin LeBank really quick. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was in the doghouse. He got scratched on Tuesday. I thought he kind of bounced back a little bit tonight with his effort. And Yeah, I feel like... LeBanc's so tricky, right? Because I feel like he's not always put in a position to succeed, in my opinion. Um, But no, I thought he was noticeably better than he has been of late. Um, You know, obviously getting cracked. Look, no one wants to get scratched. Yet, you know, guys are proud. They don't want to get scratched. They don't want to be in the doghouse. I don't think this game is going to, you know, remove him from the doghouse per se. But um, I thought it was a nice... He. I thought he played well enough considering that the coach decided to scratch him last game. And I don't think, um, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like Kevin, like, and I've said this before too, and I'm just going to keep saying it. I think I just feel like Kevin LeBanc's time in San Jose has run its course. I think it's, it's too, it's just a guy who needs a, a, a clean slate somewhere and he's not going to get it here. Cause I don't think Bugner is going anywhere. So, I just I don't think he's going to get the clean slate he needs. Like I think I think it's just time for both parties to move on from each other. But unfortunately, you know, Kevin LeBanc is under contract and his contract does have uh, a little bit of time left on it. So that's only going to happen via trade. But I think to me, I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't think Kevin LeBanc is ever going to claw his way out of the doghouse. I think he could. You know, not to say, and I'm not saying that like Kevin LeBanc doesn't deserve to be in the doghouse either. Like, I think there's definitely been times where where he's deserved to be in the doghouse. But I just think like, you know, probably coming into the season, he probably wanted a clean slate. And I don't think he's gotten it. Why do you why do you think that? Because I and like Grant is here saying, why has LeBanc's time run its course? Because he's never going to get a like because him and Bugner are just oil and water like they're just. They're never you look at the you look at the position he plays in like he's a guy who probably based on what you've been throwing out probably should be in your top six. He's been a third line guy on this team. He should be a top six forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he has the like and, 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 and I'm that. not and that's not to say like I'm a huge Kevin LeBanc guy. I just feel like there's been times where I feel like a guy, you know, like obviously he's injured right now, but you know, when a guy like Rick Rudy Balsers just couldn't finish, like maybe you wonder if Kevin LeBanc does in that situation, you right. know, um, I just feel like I just feel like as long as Bugner's the coach and that's going to be a long while, in my opinion, like I just. I don't know, I just I just feel like I just wonder, you know, if there's a way that you could maybe trade a problem for someone else's problem and maybe, you know both problems kind of solve themselves yeah and matthew phipps already uh trying to find a home for lebanc islanders need goal scoring and it's his hometown perfect spot for him uh yeah again like i'm sure there's you know um 
like I'm, you know, Kevin LeBanks not my favorite player, but he's not my least favorite player either. I just think like, you know, there there are there problems in his game, yeah. But it's just I just I don't think that he's always given the best opportunities to succeed either. Yeah, and I I think that's part of the thing is that you don't get the chances mm-hmm. up up top when he's there. So you know, Bugner sends him third and fourth line. Well, if you're going to be a goal scorer. If you're supposed to be this great scorer, and he was an absolute crazy scorer uh, in the OHL. Well, he was more of, I mean, he was more of a setup guy. Like he was a 30, 80 guy, 30 goals, 80 assists, right? But, like he was more of a, of a playmaker in the O, but he did have some finish to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, up in the NHL, he hasn't really excelled at either. He, of late? Of late, yeah. I mean, because he's definitely shown flashes of it. To which, why he got his fancy deal after taking, you know, that yeah. that, that nice hometown discount. But uh, t- to me, I, I'm with you, and I know Jerk has also said the same thing. It's that you got to give these guys a chance to succeed. Yeah, and I just feel like he's just he's just as long as Bugner's the coach, and again, that's going to be a long while. Yeah. It's nothing's going to change. So. You know, I think you have an asset kind of rotting on the vine. It's time to, you know, I, I are you going to get max value for him? No, probably not. But but at the same time, like, I, I feel like Kevin LeBanks, a guy you can do a hockey trade with. You can trade a problem for a problem, right? You can see a guy who maybe, you know, isn't doing well on the on their current team. And sometimes swaps like that work out for both players. I just feel like that's the. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah, that's uh, like that one for one deal that can get those things. Um, you know, there's uh, some people are at Grand Azir and Bigberg asking, you know, your most disliked player on the active roster. I don't know if that's really fair to say, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really. I don't know. I don't really I don't really have like a super hate on for anybody. Um, maybe Shimmick. Really, yeah, I, I don't either. Maybe it's in that bottom defensive pairing maybe shimmick like but i don't hate shimmick i just like meh i just think there's meh yeah like he's he's just kind of mad at me like you know um i i feel like you know like vlasic's kind of fallen out of favor with me for obvious reasons but i don't hate him like like i i thought you know if you go back to when that contract was signed that contract really didn't bother me at the time now it's obviously aged like fucking milk but <laughs> I, you know, it wasn't something where I was like screaming to the top of my lungs. This is going to be the worst deal the Sharks ever signed when they signed it. Uh, I thought yeah. it was going to be I thought it was going to age well. So um, so I don't know. I, like, I don't really have anyone like I super hate. You know, I've got some players that have fallen out of favor, but I don't really have um, nothing. Nothing like Martin Jones last year. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right. Like Martin Jones. Like that was a player that I just. Right. No, I get that. The- uh, by the end of his run here. But I don't really, I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> again, there's, there's a lot of things on this team that just well me right now. I'm not really like, I don't know. I, it, there's some players I really like, but at the same time, like I understand where this team is. Right. So like, you know, a loss like this doesn't really phase me because it's like, well, they lost to a better team. And a, a good team that, that I think has a, tiny window uh to go for it uh in minnesota before those uh those buyouts from parisi and 
and uh, Suter really kick in for Minnesota. So that made it one nothing after one. Then Merrill takes a penalty less than two minutes in. The Sharks don't do much. Uh, and this was another part that I liked of LeBanc. He draws a penalty on mm-hmm. on them, you know, setting up a power play, which really didn't get going until the third period. And of course, you know, uh, Anthony Sanchez, you know, saying why isn't LeBanc put on top of the le- left circle in the power play like he was earlier in the year? Kind of that Ovechkin setup. Yeah, because I mean, again, like I, I've always like going back to what I said earlier about LeBanc, right? Like he was his like if you look at all his points in junior, like again, he was a 30-80 guy. Like a lot of his points came from feeding the puck to Manjapane. Um, I don't know. Like I, again, I, I just feel like yeah, could could you know? I feel like he could be a guy who could definitely like be a shot option or also make a decent pass out in that area, mm-hmm. but. Again, like it's a prime spot, and it's going to go to the guys that Bugner likes, and that's not Kevin LeBanc. Well, let's put out Benino there instead, or some of some sort, you know. So, uh, so the Sharks don't get anything going on that, and then Jake Middleton, you know, takes three consecutive penalties, two in the second period with uh, a, a tripping call against Matt Zuccarello. Which you know essentially sets up the power play goal for Minnesota with Joel Eriksson Ek his eleventh from Zuccarello and Kaprizov um, for a team that's ranked twenty sixth on the power play. Uh, they 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 really showed flashes of how good they can really be uh, in the second period. Yeah, that's you know that's the one place too where I think the Sharks you know the Sharks haven't had a ton of strengths this year, but the penalty kill's definitely been one of them. Um, and it was just kind of bizarro world tonight, right? Like right. the the sharks, like what is it, second rank power, power penalty kill coming into this game? At the very least, top five. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it was like the second ranked PK in the league coming into this game, and you know, and one of the worst power plays in the game. And that's hockey, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. Like it's just um, just one of those things. I, I you know, and I didn't the the first the the Eric Snack goal I didn't have a problem with. It was one or say it was a good deflection like yeah deflections beat goalies like that's how you beat goalies in the nhl now you deflect the puck and you know send it the opposite direction of where the goalie thinks it's going i I thought hill was just a tad bit late on that blocker and that's how it got in for erickson x 11th to make it two nothing minnesota uh then another penalty by middleton sets up another minnesota power play jordan greenway uh uses his speed to get by Burns and to make it three nothing on his on his third of the year from Fiala and Goligowski. Uh, I didn't like this goal. Yeah, tell me about it. Why why it wasn't why wasn't this one the one you liked? Um I feel like that Aiden Hill's glove is baby shit soft. <laughs> like wow. it's it's a we it's like it's a glaring weakness. I think if you look at like a lot of a lot of goals where Aiden Hill lets in and you're like, mm, I don't know about that one. They've all been on the glove side. High glove. And that's not good. And that's not good at all. No. Uh-huh. It's it's and it's not it's not great, right? And look, you know, and not and I don't want to 
feed on Aiden Hill too badly here because really tonight wasn't on him. Like it, I didn't like this goal, but I thought he was fine tonight. Again, like none of this is ideal. The Sharks coming into this homestand where they've got a lot of, you know, a lot of big firing teams coming in on all cylinders and none of this is ideal. Um, you know, with Reimer, with whatever's going on with Reimer going on with Reimer where he's not playing, at least he was backing up again tonight right. instead of Melnichuk. Not that, you know, not that's nothing, not saying anything against Milichuk, but obviously James Reimer not even dressing, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that he was back on the, uh, back on, you know, he was back on the bench tonight. Hopefully he gets back in the net soon because, again, like this, this is a stretch of really key games for the Sharks. And not that I don't think Reimer gets them. Like, I don't want to come out and say like, oh, Reimer was in net, we win this game. Like, no, I don't think that's the case but i think if you he definitely gives you a better chance to win i think he gives you a better chance to win yeah i think he's played better and and not that's not to take anything away from aiden hill it's just it's james reimer has been the better goalie and i think when you have teams like this coming in like the flames like the wild you know you have uh you know dallas is probably a team you want james reimer in net for uh you got edmonton coming up so like you know, James Reimer's been the better goalie. So obviously you want the better goalie in the net when the big fire, you know, when the big teams with a lot of firepower come into the building, that's the guy you want in net. So, I mean, all things considered, you know, none of this is ideal, but I think Aiden Hill's handled himself well enough. Yeah, I thought he's done a fairly decent job, especially, you know, during the middle part of the road trip. Uh, I thought he looked fantastic. Um, and then we saw the back, you know, the, those few games where he lets in the early goal, but then he stands pat. Uh, tonight, yeah. twenty-two saves, eight eighty save percentage. Uh, again, I'm with you. I didn't think it was necessarily. Uh, you can point the blame on him. Uh, no, I again, like I, I didn't like the third goal, but all things considered, it wasn't that bad. Was it wasn't a bad game for like the you can't. You can't get mad at Aiden Hill when the Wild are dominating play for two periods of the game. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's just, yeah, it's tough to tough to take and tough to see. Uh, you know, where where you've had these strong runs and then all of a sudden, it's just kind of, okay, wait a minute, now now it's going back down again. So. Yeah. It's that that roller coaster ride. So yeah, I mean, it's like again, it's not ideal, but it's it is what it is. Like I don't this this isn't Aiden Hill's fault. No, no. I, and I, I personally, it's a team one. I mean, you look at some of the stats on tonight, and I know plus minus is is an iffy category to go to, but you look at Ferraro and Burns. Uh, you know, Ferraro minus two, Burns minus three. Um, and, and, you know, Ferraro didn't get out of 22 minutes tonight. Burnsy didn't even hit 23 minutes tonight, which in, in some ways, okay, good. Not, not, well, you don't, you don't need, (laughs) you know, yay. They, they weren't, you know, 28 minutes or playing more than half the game, but at the same time, not good that you, you know, Burns was on, on the ice for three of those five goals. Yeah, I mean, Brent Burns is Brent Burns. Like, 
a couple of the things like i mean i don't really i don't really blame them for the empty net goal i don't even got there yet but I'll, I'll hit it now like i don't really blame for the empty net goal. I think it was just two big dudes fighting for ice and he just he just lost the battle and that's that's gonna happen like <laughs> greenway's a big dude um so i think you know um again would you like burns to win that battle yeah but <laughs> greenway's a big dude <laughs> Yeah, I mean that those are like you said, two big boys going at it. Big boys, and, yeah. And he it's he barely got a touch of that puck to put it in to make it four or to make it five or no, excuse me. No, it's a battle. I loved five, it. Like I four to two, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, because Kirill Paprizov would make it five two, but before it got there, the sharks were turning it on. Uh they eventually outshot the wild nineteen to nine in this one, uh after another Middleton penalty. You see Jonathan Dolan get on, get his eighth goal of the season, to uh, to make it three one, and then of course, yep. the the Wild take a couple of penalties, and then Tomas Hurdle gets his thirteenth, so his fifth goal in his last three games. So good to see Hurdle getting you know yeah. skin on fire. And I'm glad that they they scored on the power play too, because like. Those last two power, like the power play in that before that, like the Wild had to take those penalties. Like there's good penalties and there's bad penalties. And I thought the Wild took those, you know, they they took two penalties that stopped play and kind of thwarted some really good scoring chances for the Sharks. So when that happens, you you want to make them pay for it, right? Because if they're gonna if they're gonna take a penalty to rob you of of a good opportunity. Which I think you, those are the penalties you want to take. Yeah. Um, but you have to make them pay, right? You can't just let them <laughs> mug you and they're, you know, mug you in front of the net with impunity. You want to make them, you know, think twice about, well, you know, are we going to trust Cam Talbot to make the save? I thought Cam Talbot was really good tonight. Cam Talbot's a guy who I don't have a ton of time for, but I thought he was fantastic tonight. Yeah. Uh, let's. Talk about Cam Talbot, who's been on a crazy run of late, you know, 5-0. I think he had an under two goals against in this run where the Wild have just been gangbusters. But, I mean, you watch the Wild play. Like, you've seen, like, the Wild play tonight. I mean, the it's it's easy to keep the puck out of your net when your team, when the team in front of you is controlling play, which the Wild have done really well this year. Yeah. And they did it tonight against the Sharks for almost perfection for you know, for two periods. And then even parts of the third, I thought the wild were really, really uh, good at controlling the play. Yeah. Uh, the, they seem to just dominate control, uh, you know, out hit out, shoot out, last them a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you definitely saw who the central division leaders were tonight. Uh, but I'll give credit to the Sharks for the third period. But the the other thing too is, and we we've seen it in the chat already. Mm-hmm. Where was this the first forty? Was it just because Bob decided to blend the lines, or no? I think you know score effects. I think the Wild were comfortably ahead, and they took you know all teams do it. Like I know we come on here and we scream about when the Sharks do it, but the Sharks aren't the only team that have a comfortable lead and take the foot off the gas in the third period, right? A lot of a lot of teams do that. A lot of teams will take a big lead into the third and start coasting a little bit. And, and I definitely thought Minnesota was getting Yeah, they got a little complacent they, and the Sharks and the Sharks to their credit, you know, really dug in. Yeah. 
And Anthony's sent, mentioning, you know, if the Sharks played a solid 60 minutes like they did in the third period, then the Burns play on the empty net would wouldn't <laughs> would have happened. I think he meant wouldn't have happened uh, in that case. Um, no, I, I think they need to come out. They need to play a full 60. It seems like they've been a little lackadaisical, especially in the face-off circle. I've definitely have seen them kind of getting owned early on and then come back and just eventually dominate the, the rest of the way. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Sharks, look at, again, I don't think, I, I, I'd be very leery of trying to take credit away from the wild words due in this game. But the Sharks do need to start on time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Minnesota would go two for three on the uh, power play tonight. Uh, Sharks would go one for three. They get that one from uh, Hurdle that made it a one-goal game, or as we affectionately like to call it around here, the teaser goal uh, for that. But, uh, you know, definitely need to have some... You know, and Walter Johnson saying it, depth scoring. They definitely need to have that help, and I think that's what Booner was hoping to have from LeBanc, you know, being down in the second six in the third and fourth lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, just haven't had that luck yet. But they also need the, the top lines going forth, uh, going too. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everyone's got to be pulling the rope at the same time. And that's been an issue for the sharks this year. Unfortunately is, you know, sometimes the top six is pulling the rope. Sometimes no one's pulling the rope. Sometimes it's just James Reimer all on his lonesome pulling the rope. So, you know, and tonight uh, for a long time, it was Aiden Hill by himself holding the rope. So yeah, they got to get everyone pulling the rope at the same time. Hashtag teal together. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, uh, we do have a few minutes left. Uh, we have a new feature if you're watching us live here on YouTube, uh, our poll question. And we'll we'll try to do one uh, every post game here. So, the one tonight, since it is Stealth Night, and, and we've already seen, like, I think three comments about it, uh, the black jerseys. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to pull up the record, but I, I think, you know, with the connotations in the chat, you could see already, uh, not so great. So what we wanted to ask the best Sharks black jersey was it the original one, the teal, this one here. Wait, where can where am I? There we go. The teal with the uh, what teal and white chevrons here, uh, with the three tone numbers. Was it black armor with the uh, with the full shark, uh, without the triangle, or is it this stealth jersey that ha- that's just black and teal with the um. The circuitry Easter eggs in this between the stripes. See, I like the black armor, except for what's always soured me on the black armor was when that stretch where they just were can, like they're just hell bent on wearing it in the playoffs, and it always made me angry oh, yes. when they were in the playoffs. So like that's that like so I voted for the first one, but like I think it if if I'm being honest with myself, it's probably the black armor, but they wore it in the playoffs so many times and just it made me angry. And I think, yeah, because it was the Jersey worn for that one game and for that one series 2014 that we, we try not to mention. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to, uh, to, uh, mm, tough, tough to, yeah. I don't know when team Teal decides to be, you know, team black and there then lose. I mean, right. And then in 2011, I picture this. You're known as Team Teal, 
you're wearing black jerseys, and you're giving out orange towels for a playoff series <laughs> against Detroit and Vancouver. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, boy. Uh, so we'll let that run for a few minutes as that as that happens. We'll get to your wraparound here uh, in this one. Uh, the good news is the Barracuda didn't play tonight, uh, especially after that nightmare of 10 to 1 to heat on Tuesday. So, uh yeah, um, that one was a tough one. Yeah, that that's not good, and I don't. I think the Barracuda definitely need help um, between the pipes. I think they've their goaltending hasn't really done them any favors uh, this season so far. But um, I mean, it just after kind of a loss like that, and you just look at this this team, which. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what it does, like what it looks like next year, because obviously there's going to be more guys graduating next year that a lot of people are excited about to see what this team looks like. But I'm getting a little, getting a little side-eyed at uh, Roy Sommer again. Again? <laughs> well, you know, no, I, know. I it's, just, it's I tough. just wonder if like, I just look at this team and I just think like they've never this team's always been crap. Like their mm-hmm. farm team has generally always been crap, except for like a, a hiccup here and there. But I just, I don't know, man. Like, I just think again, Roy Sommer winningest coach in AHL history. Yep. Also the losingest coach in AHL history too. And he was the losingest coach long before he ever hit the winningest part. Um, I don't know. I just, I think, I think the Sharks, you know, the the thing the thing is, you know, you, you a lot of there's a lot of talk on this channel about drafting. And I don't think there's enough conversation about developing because that's the other path of the equation, right? You can draft all the great players that you want. If you can't develop them, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't think enough there's not there's a lot of talk about drafting on this channel and I don't think there's enough attention put on the other side of the equation, which is development. And I just don't think Roy Somers the guy for the job. Uh, you can't, you can't, you can't disagree with that. I mean, for twenty three years, you've been the top developmental coach of this club. How many? You know, so it's like, and, and it's like not even how many players. Like, how many, how many coaches have left the Barracuda bench to move on to bigger and better things? Not very many, if any. Like who? None that, right? I'm, none that I'm aware of, first off. And secondly, if he's so great, why isn't anybody calling him up to get interviews for him? I mean, granted, I know, I he, know. I know he's a local boy yeah. uh, from Oakland and, and, you know, a lot of things. Of course, he was. Yeah, the, but he was. But you're right. Like, he's never been a guy where it's like, oh, this coaching vacancy and they're talking about getting bringing an AHL guy in. Hmm, I wonder if they'll call Ray Sommer. No, that's never been a thing that's been reported. Right. 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 You know, so that that's what I never understood about, you know, about it. And it's like, I mean, kudos for for being the winningest coach in AHL history. I'm not trying to beat up on Ray Sommer here. I just think that when you look at some of the development or lack thereof of some players, like it's concerning. Like we've got a lot of really decently touted prospects coming in. And if all those guys rot on the vine, oh, like we're in big trouble. Then what? Right. Exactly. I mean, 
and here's the thing, you know, the only time outside of of the IHL Kansas City Blades, and we're going mm-hmm. way back, outside of them winning a Turner Cup in, in the Sharks' first season, mm-hmm. making it to the F- Turner Cup finals in 95. Yeah, but that's like, I that's for a go. Oh, no, that's... but my, my point here is is that from Kansas City, Cleveland, Worcester, and mm-hmm. and the Barracuda, They've only made the third round once, and that was in 2017. And now, yeah. are we are we given are we going to give the the Cuda kudos for coaching up Meyer, LeBanc, who who are on on this team? We'll throw in you know Ryan Carpenter and Barkley Goodrow. You know, yeah, I mean, well. this isn't very long. I mean, yeah, they had a great run in 2017, but what's mm-hmm. enough for you? You had a guy who was scratched, you know last game and a guy who yeah he he's been doing well this year but there were times that we were calling out Timo Meyer's game last season yeah and I don't think I mean Timo Meyer didn't spend a ton of time there I think the problem is right and I don't think it's the problem is is that when the Sharks have needed reinforcements they almost always have to go outside the organization to get them exactly and they like, had to pay a premium yeah, like, for it too. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, again, like it was a, it was obviously a pretty rough game for the Barracuda. I just think with with some of the players that are coming in, I just, I, I just worry about, I just because it's, it feels like the longer, and I don't want to like sit here and like we we got to move on for this, but I just feel <laughs> like the longer you sit in the AHL, and don't get an NHL sniff, like the worse you off the worst guys are off for it yeah like that's why i'm concerned about ryan merkley so much i mean yeah he had a pretty decent six games up here with the sharks filling in during the covid thing but but uh, yeah and I, know, I know a lot of people are like oh it just matters if they learn this it doesn't matter if they win or lose if you think that getting schlack 10 nothing is doing amazing things for your confidence then i don't know what to tell you yeah like uh, there's like like you want to foster a winning culture throughout your organization. You don't want guys just getting slacked in the A. Right. You know, and losing losing to Abbotsford six or six or seven to two last weekend, then Tuesday getting shellacked by the Calgary Flames minor league affiliate ten to one. That's not gonna help mm-hmm. things. And granted, no. you know, and, and Kevin's mentioned they don't have a whole lot of, you know, depth on on the uh on the forward side. They don't, but, but still, right. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where you just, yeah, they, they, they need to, I just want to see the Barracuda do better. Yeah. And with the, some of the players that are coming into the system, like I just, I don't want it to be a gong show down there. That's all. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Levi Hagano. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right but uh thanks for watching uh we're crossing enemy lines wild fan here seemed like the sharks were flat for the first two periods wilds forecheck was relentless the first two periods sharks really pushed back in the third though yeah no i i think that's a pretty good pretty good statement levi thank you for watching yeah thanks um, for watching and uh please hit that subscribe button we really appreciate it so Moving onward to your wraparound uh, in the Toronto Bay Maple Bolts uh, scrimmage, uh, Team White, uh, otherwise known as the Tampa Bay Lightning, beat up on Team Blue, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 5-3 to three in this one. Uh, Palat had a pair of goals, Stamkos his 13th, 
uh, Andre Kasha with uh, two goals in this one. William Nylander uh, with the other one in the loss for the Leafs. Yeah, uh, Lightning are rolling right now. Uh, and this and this is without Braden Point and <laughs> and uh, Kucherov. Go go figure. Uh, Blackhawks would beat the Montreal Canadiens two to nothing as the Canadians get their 19th regulation loss of the season. Jonathan Taves breaks out of his schneid, getting his first goal of the season in that one. Uh, Flurry with the win there. Ducks, that's not one that helps the Sharks out in any form. Ducks win in a shootout 2-1 to one over the Blue Jackets, so the Ducks now are at 35 points. Sharks. Yeah, Trevor Zegers is going to win the Calder, right? Like I think we we're all pretty much on this train now. Trevor Zegers is probably it, it, running with the Calder at it, this point. It's Zegers versus Raymond, at least in my head. I mean, yeah, Don, yeah, Don, Raymond too. Don was giving uh giving a run early on, but I think he's kind of calmed down quite a bit there. Uh, the Islanders lose again at home, four to three this time to the Nashville Predators. Uh, Colton Sissons, or as many fanatics, um, purchasers would say Snossus uh, got his third this season there uh, in the win for that for the Preds. Uh, the Blues, 6-2 over the to the surprising Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Robbie Fabry with a pair of goals in the loss. Walker with a hat trick for the Blues in this one as the Blues now go to 32 points. That one hurts the Sharks as well. Yeah, the, the Red Wings are, are doing surprisingly well for a team that can't keep the puck out of their own net a lot. Right. <laughs> like they're like a, their, their goal differential right now is like a minus 14. Um, but yet they seem to continue to they keep winning games. Must be nice. Uh, Sebastian, your mom's not a hoe uh, with a pair of goals as he is the lone goal scorer for the Hurricanes as they beat the Flames in overtime 2-1. to one. Uh, Markstrom loses this one as Hannafin had the lone goal for the Flames. Leon Sharks broke the Flames. Right. Uh, <laughs> that'd be two teams <laughs> granted. I wonder when the jersey throw is going to go on the ice at the Saddle Dome. Uh, in Edmonton, Leon Drysettle's two goals weren't enough as the Bruins uh, avenge their uh, loss in Vancouver last night, uh, beating the Oilers 3-2 to in this one. Brad frickin' Marchand with his 10th of the season shorthanded. Jake DeBrusque, future shark Jake DeBrusque? Mm, wishful probably thinking. not. Wishful I, don't, thinking. I, I, I would like that trade. I just don't think that trade helps the Bruins. Gotcha. Uh Bruins win three to two in that one. The Jets shut out the Kraken three to two. Hellbuck didn't hell a suck. Uh, neither did Kyle Connor with his two goals uh, in the third period to put this game away for that one. The Kings, and this is another one that hurts the Sharks a little bit. Granted, they're still behind. Um, the Kings win four nothing over the Dallas Stars. Uh, Kempe, Kaliev, Arvidsson, Athanasiu, your goal scores as Jonathan Quick gets a shutout against Dallas. And Dallas is the Sharks' next opponent on Military Appreciation Night. Yeah. Why do we always get teams that are just kind of coming, like, angry? <laughs> Hashtag that's so Sharks. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's be real here. It always happens. The Stars streak, I think, comes at, ends at 7. So they'll be hungry coming into the Shark Tank on Saturday night. It, 
it's crazy though like for all the talk about like how we expected like i still think like look at a lot of teams in the central are really really good but it's amazing how like everyone that from the kings up like they're all over 500 other than the canucks and seattle obviously seattle's uh terrible and the canucks are kind of uh they i mean they've won a couple now yeah. but after their um after their uh shake up that seems like that's kind of jolted them a little but yeah it's it's crazy like even even the lowly kings who are in sixth they're still they're above 500 which is pretty good yeah i mean 11 10 and 4 uh nothing to to shake off on for yeah one. no uh now so looking at the standings with the sharks losing this one i know vegas won last night as well mm-hmm. so the little shakeup. The Sharks were the number one team in the Western Conference Wild Card race uh, when we signed off on you on Tuesday night. As of now, the Sharks currently sit number four. That's how much it's changed, and that's how tight this race is. Um, yeah. And Colorado's got the number one wild card at thirty. Vegas with their win jumped to thirty. Winnipeg's win jumped them to thirty. The Sharks sit at twenty-nine, with Dallas at twenty-eight and LA at twenty-six. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Like this is going to be this is going to be a fascinating. Um, it's going to be fascinating because I mean I think some a couple of these teams are probably going to drop off, but not many. No, no. I mean, we, like we, one or two of these teams might drop off, but man, it's going to be tight. We talked about Vegas probably running away with the Pacific. We thought Colorado or Winnipeg would definitely dominate. I'm not sure if they would lead the division in the Central, but. You know, those two teams, we thought Dallas would make a run for it as well. And we also thought L.A. was on the rise. I know that's A.G.'s uh, surprise team. Yeah, I don't I mean, I I think if I'm if I'm Rob Blake, I'm probably pretty happy with where I'm at right now. Like, again, uh, they're not they're not great, but they're not terrible. Again, they're they're above 500. Yeah. They've got a positive goal differential. Not that that's, you know, super anything to write home about, but I, I think if you're Rob Blake, you're probably pretty happy. Um, I don't know who Anaheim's gem is anymore, but I mean, they're, they must be ecstatic because I think a lot of people <laughs> had L.A., including me, had L.A. ahead of the oh, uh, yeah. the Ducks in their rebuild. But I mean, Trevor Zegers has just been unreal. It, it throw in Troy Terry for Anaheim, who was on a ridiculous run uh, not too long ago. Uh, for that, for the yeah. Ducks to be at 35 points, that's something else. Uh, the tough yeah, part, they're really good. The tough part with the Sharks is is that they've played 27 games so far. Everybody that I mentioned that's around them in the wild card race has games in hand. Yeah, Colorado has four games in hand. Vegas two, Winnipeg one, Dallas three, LA two. So yeah. and that's and that's why and that's why I've been you know I've been really stressing how important these divisional games coming up are because this is where you need to start not only taking points from those teams but you got to start taking games in hand away from those teams too yeah it's those proverbial what we talk about four point games four point games yeah and not not just the pacific ones granted the pacific ones more so are important because of that top three well they're huge like the yeah but like you know the one coming up saturday against dallas that's a big one too uh, for you, uh, Levi. Uh, thank you again for your comments. Really appreciate it. You know, how has yep. the Sharks' power play and goaltending been as a whole this season? Always like Hill in Arizona. Been meh. Yeah, it's has been okay. It was on uh, a good run, but it's just fallen off 
Incredibly. Yeah, it's been okay. I mean, the, the Sharks' offense is kind of feast or famine, um, and <laughs> lately it's been a little more famine than feast. <laughs> um, goaltending, I think, look, James Reimer has been uh, unreal. Like, I, I think the Sharks have gotten everything they want and more from James Reimer, and I think Aiden Hill's been a little bit of an adventure. Um, I think he has gotten better as the season has gone on, but he still has stunk up the joint a few times. Yeah. So that's the latest with the the standings and such. Uh, we're going to bring a col- uh, close to the poll. So if you haven't joined us already, uh, thank you very much. But uh, the poll question, again, who, what's, you know, what's the best Sharks black jersey? And 40% of you said it was the, uh, the original one with the uh, teal and white chevron stripes on there. Good. So it's a good sweater. I, I dig it. I, I will say this, though. Stardo put out all those black fashion jerseys in the 90s, mm-hmm. and there's rumors of reverse retro 2.0 for next season. I would love for them to grab the original jersey, make it black. I think that would be a huge hit. If they make another gray jersey, I'm going to oh, throw God, stuff. Oh, God, if they make gray jersey, swear I Swear on the camera. Oh, we've heard you say, swear on the camera. I, it's true. That's true. I do. Oh, I, I do mean, more than I should. Well, that's not too bad. <laughs> oh, AJ, she's oh, yeah. Dean Evison, where's my cursor? Dean Evison, Wild have 19 wins in 26 games. 30 years ago, in San Jose's first year of existence at the Cow Palace, Dean Evison Sharks had 17 wins in 80 games. That was a rough year. Oh, Drew Remender would show off about you know being an assistant coach to a team that had quicker 100 quicker to 100 losses than any other team in NHL history. I mean, again, like I think like for everything we've said tonight, I think the one thing that I do want to stress though is like the wild get full marks tonight. They were the better team. Um, I think that there's definitely things that you wish the sharks would have done differently and capitalized on differently, but full marks to the wild, man, they, they, they showed why they're the top in the central. Yeah. And showed it off big with a 5-2 win. Hell, top in the West, like, right? Like, they showed why. Yeah, big time. I mean, uh, Minnesota's at 39, Calgary at 36, yeah. Uh, they're they're doing their thing right now and dominating the West uh, with their eighth straight win on this one. So that'll wrap it up for us tonight in case you missed anything. Where you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. really does do a lot for us in help uh, expanding and supporting the show. Uh, we are also on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio as well. And, of course, again, always available at tealtownusa.com. So that'll do it for Ian and I. We'll be back with you Saturday night, uh, Military Appreciation Night, as the Sharks take on the Dallas Stars, which means the return of Joe Pavelski. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we aren't going to get going <laughs> on on Pavs, but... Why? Whatever. I mean, it's been fucking three years. I'm over it. Like, I hope so. I'm over it, man. Like I, 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 I have no ill will. 
I have no ill will oh, towards no. Joe Pavelski, but Absolutely he's not. but he's gone. Like it's yeah. so, it's done. It's done. So I'm not crying over it. Oh, I'm not crying over it. Although you did mention milk tonight, so let's not cry over spilt milk. So we'll be back. Sour. With... <laughs> spilt milk. <laughs> we'll be back with you on Saturday night as the Sharks take on the Dallas Stars. Uh, I will be here with I'm not sure who, but. Uh, We'll make sure to uh, make it fun and interesting uh, as we uh, go along this crazy, wild shark season around all together. So with that, for Ian Reed, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. <sighs> I was going to try and say something about sour milk again or <laughs> aging milk for for the chat, but I just, I, I, I drew a blank. Um, look at, uh, you can find me at Ian blogs hockey on the Twitter machine. Um, if you, uh, want to talk to me, come do it. I'm always usually pretty chatty on Twitter. Um, yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm at puck guy 14 on the tour of the Instagram. We will see you Saturday night following sharks and stars as hopefully the sharks get off this one game losing streak. And uh, get back into the wind column in a uh, very tight and interesting Western Conference playoff race, which I think is kind of where we expect them to be. So, give me back some James Reimer, damn it! Please, please, for the for the sake of good milk, bring us back some James Reimer, please. Hashtag Reimer for Vesna. And until Saturday night, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Saturday night.